Hi, this is Melissa Wood Tepperberg, and this is the Move with Heart podcast. Are you ready? <laughs> and just breathe it all in. I want to talk. I can't lie. <laughs> I was like, it's going to be short, sweet, and very spicy. And we're going to get right into it because apparently some of you think I talk too much. <laughs> Nicole Berry is the ultimate queen of the kitchen. I'm so excited to share this episode, sitting down with her, really talking all things, drug addiction, being in the party scene, and finding the world of wellness, and the evolution of Bonberry and Bonberry Mart. If you live in New York City, you know that that is just one of my OG spots, and how she balances being an entrepreneur, a mother, and releasing her brand new book, Body Harmony. I love Nicole, and I really loved this in-depth conversation with her. Nicole Berry, I am so freaking excited to have you here. I'm so excited. I respect you, admire you so much. Likewise. And just like having you here to like pick your brain and share all of the things to just help people really live in their essence. Because I feel like you right now are just there. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you and I also, when we talk, we immediately go deep. There's Immediately. There's like no really walking. It's like, okay, let's get to the point about whether it's business or kids or spirituality or anything. It's just, we just go right right in. Yes, we do. So (laughs) I'm going to bring it back to when like I first met you. Yeah. And this is like, you don't even know this, but like you were just like the coolest girl in wellness. And I just wanted to be your friend. (laughs) And it's not that we like didn't click. Yeah. And we were super friendly and- Totally. You know, like- This was pre-mom, I think. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. And then we had kids and our boys were in the same class. And I was like- And it just shifted. (laughs) Well, I I have to say that I just feel like becoming a mom really opened my heart a lot just because there's just immediately, I mean, it's so such an intense transformation, especially in the beginning, that there's a camaraderie. And so you know that that other person is kind of going through the same thing. And so it shed a lot of my layers as I was growing as a human, you know? And so I think that that really made a difference just like in general of who I was gravitating towards, you know? No, I know. I I mean, I totally like relate to that. And like motherhood has a way of cracking you. I think both wide open. I feel like it exploded like after we became moms. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I think that it's just, there's something about it that makes you fearless and truly fearless because it's so hard, yeah. you, you know, everything that you do, you know, everything else just seems like, yeah, of course I'd go for that. Why not? I mean, I survived right. this, right. you know? No, I know. Yeah. I remember like when we would drop the boys off in the morning and we were still in that phase where like we had to stay with them for a little bit. Oh, yeah, and, totally. Oh and we'd God. like look at each other and be like, I didn't sleep last night. And you're like, neither did I. I and, like it just like having It feels that. like another world. No, it away. really does. Right? It does. Yeah. But it did. It gave us like the opportunity to connect. Yeah, to connect. And yeah. I'm like so yeah. happy because I mean, me too. I look back too, and I, I like remember the person that you were, and like now I look at you, and you are the author of Body Harmony. You wrote a <laughs> freaking book, like no, it's crazy. I need to 
I need all the tools to get yeah. there because I'm like on the cusp. Yeah. And you are the founder of Bonberry Mart. You're opening your second location in New York. You guys, I am like a die hard fan of Bonberry. It's like you're just like the ultimate queen in the kitchen. You are. I've been in the kitchen with you. I watch you every single night in the kitchen. And it's like people look at you and they're like, wow, like you're doing it. You're really doing it. Messily, but doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but Trying I, to. I think one reason I really gravitate to you and a lot of people that I do in my life is mm-hmm. because like, it's not like this just happened for you. Right. Like you've gone through such a journey and a transformation of like your own personal struggles. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think I was thinking about this conversation for a while and what we would talk about and what it is that I feel like the message I wanted to share. First of all, the title of your podcast I think is so apt because it really hones in exactly what it means to move with your heart. It just, it means to move outside of your head. It needs to move from like your soul. And like, what does that mean? Is that you have to go through the fire to get there, to get to the other side. And I was actually just recently talking to our mutual friend, Danielle from Sakara, And I was saying that a lot of people in this space, I mean, in the like quote unquote wellness space who are leaders or teachers, I find the ones that I gravitate towards, you included, are people who have gone through that fire and not necessarily learned it in the classroom or at a program or something. They (laughs) went through it and they're like, you know what? I feel strong enough to share my story from a place of coming on the other side. And I think that that is so important in the wellness and healing space is to find those people that you resonate with that can speak from experience and not necessarily experience of having a degree or anything. And right. those, those are all very important. But for me, wellness means the teachers that I gravitate towards are the people who can speak to what they've been through, how they went through it and got through the other side. And that to me is the most inspiring. Oh and my I, God. I think that's the new wave of like wellness teachers and leaders because, you know, like social media is really just us showing like, our own lives, right? right? And so the new wave of leaders are really ones who are like, I've been here before. And like, not like here are the 10 case studies of this. It's just like, no, this was my experience. Take it or leave it. I mean, 1 million percent. And it gives people who are going through a similar situation so much hope. Yes. Right? Like, it's like, I remember when you started opening up a little bit, right? Like, I feel like we both went on that journey of like, I was super guarded. I could feel maybe you were like, you really protected yourself to like opening up to a lot of people. By the way, I'm still like that. But now like- Also, I feel like it's New York. Yeah, totally. (laughs) It's New York. Absolutely. But, and and then you have kids and you're like, it like- It really opens your- And and by the way, it's like, you know, you find your tribe, right? Like you find people who approach motherhood, approach work in similar ways, but maybe not exact, you know? Right. And that can like inspire you in different ways. I mean- your journey for i think one of one of the biggest reasons like people love you so much is they saw you working out in your apartment with your kids on top of you and but you're still doing it right, right? and then you're shifting okay then now, now you have this space or like and then right. that growth is not just 
What's so great is that people like it's a mirror, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you light that fire, like, whoa, like whether whatever it is that they want to do, like I could do that too, right? You know? And so back to what you were saying is about like the struggle and all of that. I don't think you necessarily need to have gone through like an intense trauma. Like I get asked a lot about that. Like, do you need to go through that? Like, no, not necessarily. But I do think that life needs to be lived and you have to go through those kind of struggles and challenges to um, be in a space to like speak about it. Right. I think that to me, it's like really, I, with my journey, like I was very, Bonberry started off first of all. We started, yeah, I started no, I, it with, this is right where I want to go. Well, I like, started with our friend Vanessa, you yes. know, and, and I was um, still in my journey of like healing personally. Right. It wasn't like we started Bonberry. I'm like, okay, here's the advice on this. Like it right. was actually, I used to work in magazines. So it was more like focusing on different people, you included, right. like chefs, um, models, like restaurateurs, like artists, I like remember this. about like what they do. And it had nothing to do with me or my recipes or anything because I was learning, right? right. I was still a sponge and I didn't feel confident enough to like speak, right. you know what I mean? But that was like seven years ago. And so as I was like learning the tools and the more confident I felt, I would say, let me share my journey a little, yeah. take it or leave it. And so that to me is really important for those in the wellness space, it's like, I don't think there's enough focus on like waiting to like heal mm-hmm. yourself. And of course, we're never just like 100% healed, but at least being able to like assimilate the things that we learn, tips and tools, and how does that work for us personally in our lives? And where does that fit in with our struggle and trauma? And then you can speak to it and it will light people up. Yes. Because sometimes I feel like it's like people immediately word vomit immediately if they learn something or something happened to them you forget that like it's all energy and like social media is all energy so that's Ugh. why i feel that like it's about living your life like taking the time to absorb it what does this mean to me how is this affecting me what am i going to do with it i started watching euphoria Ugh, and i was afraid to watch so euphoria because i thought it would be like too triggering because of my past. Right. <laughs> because like we could talk about yeah. that, but like I didn't watch it for a long time, but finally I watched it and I love it. And there was one scene that I thought was so important. She says like to one of the girls who makes a play out of their lives. And she's like, I'm just so, I admire you because you know what to do with it. Like, you know to, what to do with your, your pain and trauma. And I don't know what to do with it yet. And oh. that was like, it really like stunned me and wow, like, and I turned to Nick, my husband, I was like, that's exactly how I feel. Like, I finally feel like I'm in a place where I know what to do with it. Oh, that is so, <laughs> you know? that is so Yeah. Profound. And that's just like, that's everyone's journey. It's like, sometimes if you don't know yet, then you still like learn and heal. And that's what's beautiful about it. So I think that also some people like look at, and you're like, oh, I'm not there yet. Oh, I right. wish I had this. I had that. That's okay. Like, you're just in that space where you're like, you're you're not there yet. Right. And, and you're still processing. You're still and- processing. And what's so beautiful now is that there's so much inspiration. You could see it and look around and like what sparks your yes. interest or who do you see where you're like so excited to like see more because you're like, oh, I see a mirror and right. I see like where I could be. Yes. Whereas the opposite, it's like you see something and you feel the opposite energy, whether it's like jealousy, jealousy. Or, or like anything like that. And it's neither good nor bad. Right. You know That's what I mean? also a mirror. 
It's a mirror, yeah, you know. Where you're at. Exa- you it, know? Exactly where you're at. And I'm a big fan of muting. Yeah, huge. <laughs> like, big fan of muting, yeah. <laughs> because if something is triggering that sort of feeling, it's temporary. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not always going to feel like that about a particular thing. But no. that, you know what I mean? But I think that it's good to not like live in that energy. I so, totally so, like, agree. So a mute is good. Yes, it is. So I think it's so powerful. And yeah. this I just is, went all over the place. No, I love it. That's the best part of these. You guys, we like start with an outline and I'm like, yeah. I'm literally not even having it on my yeah. lap because this is what this is about. Like mm-hmm. I want this to be conversational. I want it to take so much different shape and like yeah. the story will literally flow out of you and, and us together. Yeah. So I know I remember years ago and, and this is what I think really powerfully connected me to you was mm-hmm. like, once I started to get to know you more and like mm-hmm. seeing and understanding that like you also turned your pain into your purpose mm. is what just like grabbed me. That's and exactly right. Yeah. I think so many people are in pain or they're for me, I was mm-hmm. secretly and privately bulimic for so many years because I was so ashamed of it. And like, and then stepping into the wellness space, I never wanted to say anything because mm-hmm. I was like, because you're still healing. By yeah. The way. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But it was like something that I recognized in myself. And I feel like even as someone who was like watching you from the outside, listening to you like mm-hmm. open up about mm. things, it just, it's so amazing when you like let go of that shame yes. and you can share the experience yep. to like continue that healing, healing yeah. with yourself, but also to help someone else yeah. on their healing journey. And, and back to what I was saying, I think that that is so important to be able to do that. But again, like take note of where you are in that process. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you're not ready to share. And that doesn't yes. mean that you're being inauthentic or fake or whatever. It just means that you're not quite ready. And I always think this is like the rule of thumb for me on Instagram. Like, yeah. what am I trying to say here? Not necessarily how is it going to come off, but like, how is someone going to learn from this? Mm. If I'm still in something, angry, confused, yeah. conflicted, I respect people who come on immediately and are like spewing like their feelings. <laughs> a lot of the times though, I have to like either mute or pass because that is like an energy that they're dealing with and working through. And passing and, it along. And passing it along. And for me, so my rule of thumb is that let me go through it. Let me experience all these feelings first offline. And then when I have some perspective, then let me share uh, You guys, this is so, I'm so happy to hear you say this yeah. because I, I also think like, these younger generations that like grew up with social media. Mm -hmm. It's like you're just inundated with so much information and people's feelings. Totally. And And I think there's an expectation of like transparency of, well, you were going through this. Why didn't you share it or whatever like that? And that I think is – it's unnecessary and it's not – if you're still going through something and you're still in like the deep pain, yes, maybe you want to share. Maybe that's going to help you, lift you up. Like, yeah. And if that's your the way that you want to do it, that's fine. But just for, for me personally, I need to protect my energy. I need to figure it out and then and then share mm-hmm. in my time and in my space. There's pressure to share immediately. And 
it's okay if you're quiet a little and then you come and share. By the way, if you don't feel like sharing, that's okay. Right. So with the eating disorder stuff, I don't think I opened up about it for a while until a few years. And then I felt ready to right. share. And again, I worked so many years and only till I felt it was like a natural, I felt confident of getting help. I, of getting help. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, I think, how did I get help? Uh, I want to hear that. Yes. Yeah. Well, for me, like, I, and I talk about this in my book a lot, but for me, I always grew up with like a compulsive personality, like extremes were my thing. And that would be like my tagline. Like, I'm just an extremist. I like don't do balance. Like that was my thing growing up. You know, I grew up in a very like fast place where drugs were available and like all that. And so I was addicted to cocaine at like 16. Oh, wow. I didn't um, know that. Yeah. And pretty bad. And then it was funny that my dad like found my diet because he knew that like my life was spiraling, I guess, from the outside. Right. You can, you, feel you can it. see. So like he like looked and found. And of course, I was like, as a writer, like telling everything about yeah. that. Like, there was like a literally physical oh copy of like what's happening. And so luckily he intervened and it didn't go that far that I was able to like basically say I'm not going to do any hard drugs like at all. I just quit cold turkey wow. at like 17. So like I hit drug wise, rock bottom at like 16, was like clean by 18 and like never touched a hard drug like since then. Wow. And to me, that was essential in my like, <laughs> just like survival, I guess. A few of my good friends like didn't have that opportunity and are not here anymore. So, oh my God. But I did not heal the compulsion part of it. So mm. that shifted to food. Got it. So when anything was traumatic or stressful, and I also like went through other trauma as a child that like I never healed. And so whenever something would trigger that, I would bury myself in like binging or bulimia. That was really my drug of choice for, I want to say for like a decade. You wow. know, it went from like 15 to... 23 or something, you know, like eight years. And I remember it just had a hold on me. And I was like, I will never get out of this cycle. And there would be like periods of time where I'd be good and I would be like so happy and like, wow, it's been so long. It's been so long. And then something would happen. It would be start right up again. And I really would thought to myself, like, this is going to be forever. You know what I mean? And I like, did too when yeah. I was in it. And it's a, such a lonely it's so hard. It's, it's like so such a lonely hard. It's a very life. And dark. even now, like I'll go to different places around. And by the way, this is when I was still, I was always into, like, I was like vegan in college. And like, I go to one of the places like Lifetime. Yeah. Lifetime has like a bakery in the back. Yes. And my thing, I would binge. Sweets. And, yeah. But like healthy sweets. Me too. So every time, like I still, now I shop there for groceries, but like it's always like kind of like a, a reminder of like how far I've come. It was really a hard place for me. So what happened? I hit rock bottom. I just couldn't do it anymore. And I wish that on everyone to like hit that bottom where you're like, literally, I cannot do this anymore. Ugh, and Me too. So how did I do that? I reached out for help. I tried different therapists. Some didn't fit. Right. I think one really good tip is like, if you like hate the person that you're speaking to, that doesn't mean it's bad. Right. It's like you have to find the right person. A hundred percent. And yeah. So important. Yeah. And I just needed to coddle myself like a baby. Like I never, and Gabby Bernstein was like massively helpful in this. Like this is when she was like seeing people in her apartment, you know what I mean? And so like, I remember just sitting on her living room for our first session and she's like, we need to connect with like that little girl. 
oh, who was that like, will crack you open. Yeah. And I talk about this a little bit in the book, but I was like really like emotionally and verbally and like sometimes physically abused when I was like younger. And so like I never touched that girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just sat down and just like mm. bawled, you know, and it was just like that was the turning point. Meeting that like little girl who was like put up all the walls for drugs or like not really drinking, but like the food, all of that. And that was the release. I can remember like specifically like in her little like dingy apartment floor, just like sobbing, you know, and and I say this in my book, I cried and then I couldn't stop crying like for years. It was like the floodgates opened. Open. And that was the beginning of my healing process. And so one of the questions that I can remember from your list is like, what does it mean to move with your heart? And to me, immediately I thought is like vulnerability, opening up and just being open and just being vulnerable, you know? Yeah. And that again, that doesn't mean like being vulnerable on a camera to show off as like to people. Like right. I'm here, I'm being vulnerable. Right. It's like be just for yourself, yes. you know? And so every time I was able to connect with that person, I would take a little step of healing. So a lot of it, again, I talk about this in my book, but like is shedding, right? So like healing physically with food or anything, it's not necessarily what you put in. It's what you shed, right? We're shedding a lot of things that we ate and ingested over the years that may not have been good for us. So it's about right. shedding that, right? Same thing oh, for I emotional, yeah. you know, and, and and spiritual. So I was just in a period of shedding and I had the luxury to be able to quit my job. I literally quit my job. I was working for Vanity Fair at like, it was like the dream job. I was like on set with like all these amazing actors and things. and But I was like, I can't do this anymore. Right. I just don't want to be here, yeah. you know? So I left and I freelance as a writer and I made it my full-time job to heal. I would do literally everything. And so like when people are like, you do so much self-care, I was like, yeah, but like this is like what it took. And it's radical. It's not like everyone can do this, but like I know that my purpose has shifted into being able to share stuff like this. So what I do might be more, but like that is what my purpose is here to share when like take a little bit of what you can. And so then starting off on like scratch at 25, 26. Okay, I was going to ask what age yeah, you Yeah, I think I was about 26. I quit my job and I just started researching things like I like. And I don't mean like researching in books, like really going out and just like trying different like- Were you single? Um, I had just met Nick. Okay. And this is another thing is, and I think we said this in our last, is that I was always concerned. I felt like Nick was my person, but I was not healed yet, right? right? And like, there's always that saying of like, you have to be whole before you meet your partner. Like, you know, you don't want to be codependent because I was big I wasn't. on the, the relationships. <laughs> well, by the way, was another like drug. I was definitely codependent prior to that. But I was not healed. And he was able to hold space for me, which is mm. massive. You know what I mean? Most and he like, thing. yeah. And so I was able to get there. Right. And within being a relationship, sure, we had some in like insane <laughs> moments <laughs> where I was like losing my mind. Right. But he stuck around and yeah. like and held space for it. He's the sweetest human, you guys. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and now, I mean, well, you guys are business partners. Now we're business partners. Yeah. So do you advise on that or? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, but. I'm like literally wiping tears, you guys, from you sharing so beautifully and vulnerably on, yeah. on that. I mean, I, I think that- I know that's not easy to do. Yeah. 
I think also like it's like sharing things that you feel ready, like you have perspective on. You know what I mean? And that you don't have to go through these like intense – I had a very intense – upbringing and by the way like I also had a very lovely upbringing right. like I like loved my childhood I loved everything you know and I I would never trade it for anything but it was able to break me down like yeah. literally physically break me right. down with a bat to like break open again you know right. what I mean and be able to be where I am sometimes I don't feel like worthy of like having and and I don't have like that much of a like following you know but the people yes you do no but what i'm saying is like the people like it's small but it's you know you devoted and very which is more important than and anything some, right and sometimes i feel like i'm like oh god like i'm not worthy of this but then i think it's like i'm meant to be here because i went through that and i need to share what i learned i always think about like who is going to be reading my book like all i want and i wrote this book by the way like talk about struggle like i wrote this book seven years ago and this book body harmony yeah what yeah but nobody wanted it i mean no. then i like rewrote it but i was told like time and time again like you don't have enough followers you need to make this book a diet book it has to have diet in oh, the title and all these things and i was like just like nodding sitting there nodding listening to these meetings i'm like okay feeling a little defeated but knowing that it's what i had is good and and i was like it's fine it's just not the time and then finally i got to the point where like i'm just going to shoot this book and put it out as an ebook like you know like yes. I, like this is information that i feel like i really need to share and so i heard sasha my photographer who i worked with for all these other editorial shoots we shot all these dishes made it like a beautiful pdf and then i just didn't want to release it as an ebook. I was like, this is too good. This yeah. needs to like live as a book. And you know. Like, so I just shelved it. And <laughs> like it just was like in a drive collecting like virtual dust <laughs> for years and years and years. And yeah, people are like, oh, you're going to write a book? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'd love to. But like no one wants a book from me. So let's wait. And then a year ago, our friend Danielle, who does have a book. Co-founder of Sakara. Yes. yes. And she was just like, you need to have a book. And I was like, I have a book, but like nobody wants the book. This is crazy. Yeah. And she's like, let me put you in touch with my editor. And by the way, prior to that, I had a lovely meeting with like a book agent and she read it and she's like, I love it, but like you need to change it. And I was like, okay. And I like sat down to change it and I would just, days, weeks would pass. And I'm like, I don't want to change it. Like, I feel like it's good. I feel like it's, I, you're such a great writer. Oh my God. I cannot wait. But not even just like the word, just like the story, like the way it was. I just felt like this is what it needs to be. So I left that, I let it go and again. And so finally I spoke with Holly, the editor, and I explained the premise to her and she's like very like straightforward and like, you know, like New York City book editor, yeah. publisher. And she's like, okay, but I don't get this part or something. And I was like, well, it's this. And she's like, okay, but I don't like get that. And I was like, well, it's this. And she's like, okay. And then she's like, let me get back to you. And I'm like, okay not expecting anything. And then like a week or so later, she's like, okay, I think this needs to be a book. And I was like, I remember walking through Washington Square Park and calling Nick and I was just like, I can't believe this is happening. Like this is insane. And just as like my writing background, it's like my true, true dream. And this is another thing I wanted to talk about (laughs) is that there's so many lives to be had in one life. Like I had my dream growing up even as a little girl, I would tell my dad, like, I want to be a writer. I wanted to be a book writer. Like, I love 
loved reading. It was like insane, just like very nerdy. Oh, like I would go so into bookstores sweet. and like sniff pages. Like, and that was like my first high, <laughs> not real high, but literally it was my obsession. I just loved and like kids' books, you know, like Babysitter's Club, that R.L. Stein, you know, and then it graduated to other books and and favorite authors. And like I wanted to write in magazines. So that's why I like switched my career at 26 from PR to just to be a, an assistant of a photographer so I could be like just close right. to like in the proximity of writers. I wasn't even writing, but I was working at a magazine. Okay. I was like, that's close wow. enough. And then I was like, would tell my boss who was a photographer, I'm like, do you mind if I do like a story about this, even though I'll still like do my job? And like, he was like, okay. So I would write like little stories on the side. And then he was leaving and he's like, you can be my assistant and work for me at the studio. And I was like, I really want to stay. And I loved him. He was this amazing, incredible photographer. But like, I was like, I just want to stay and like write, you know? And so I started as another assistant writing and slowly like worked myself up. Like, and that was my dream and I was able to achieve it like right at a fashion magazine. But then another like itch was calling. Like right. I, I felt I didn't feel as fulfilled as I did. I like checked those boxes. Right. Like, and that's just to show you that it can shift. And then I started doing the wellness interviews, integrating that, cooking and everything. So at that point, you had had Bonberry as the site where you as were the sharing site. the articles, yes. you were sharing and recipes. And then I had Jude, my son, yeah. and we took a break. And my friend Vanessa, who is our, my like partner in Bonberry, she's launched her own business. Yes. And so we decided to like, I remember saying to her, and she's still like my good friend, we were just like, I was like, you know what? I'll just take this. You're busy with that company. Right. And I'll, and if you don't mind, I'll, I'll just keep going with this. And she's like, yeah, great. And That's so, so great. So when after Jude was born, I relaunched it as more recipe focused because at the time I was sharing a little bit of the recipes and it turns out that was like becoming more popular. Yes. Um, so I was like, let's shift this and just focus, make it like a recipe blog. And that's when it really started to take off. And Instagram was like coming out more and yeah. I vividly remember that. Yeah. I like, I mean, well, you came to my apartment, interviewed me, and then it was like, yes. then you really started like honing in. Yeah. On- and yeah. It just started to shift. It started to take a different shape. And then that was like three years later, I got one of my old friends was like working on a project on Bleecker Street. They were revamping mm. that block because it was like a very like famous block in New York City. It was the beat era and everything. And they wanted to like revive it because like a lot of stores had shuttered. This was pre-COVID, but still, yeah, Bleaker Street. And so one of the heads who was like, I guess, spearheading the project was a Bonberry fan. And they're like, would you do an F&B concept, food and beverage concept? And I was like, I literally have no idea how. And they're like, cool, like we're opening in six weeks. Can you get it together and open? Wait, so that's so interesting. I thought that that was something that you like were like, oh, I've always wanted to do this. Wow. Well, it's really funny is I would walk down my block and I would say like, wouldn't it be cute to have like a little cafe? I mean, I feel like everyone has that like Notting Hill (laughs) dream just to like (laughs) run a cute cafe, you know, and like swing by and like, you know what I mean? Like that was like- If only it were that cute, right? Yeah, exactly. And what's really crazy is like, I would see this little like cellar. It was like below ground cellar that was 
empty. And I would walk by and I would be like, that would be so cute for like a little Bonbury thing, whatever. So our first store opened across the street. Oh my God. Yeah. Like that's where we ended up opening. But anyway, so I had six weeks to open. I had just had C, our daughter, and I I just felt like this could be a thing. And I was like, okay, so what would an F&B concept look like for Bonbury? Bonbury is presenting plant-based, whole food, living in an easy, convenient, fun way. What's more easy and convenient and fun than like a New York City like deli? Yes. Because sure, there's like the really fancy juice spots. There's like the really healthy health food stores. There's whole foods. But like no one is really doing Sharing like all a of them. fun, like just like quick, easy, convenient, grab and go situation that I grew up going to. I love just popping into like a corner deli and just like grabbing something. But wouldn't it be cool if like you walk in and like it'd be all the stuff that I can actually eat and drink? Healthy. Yeah. yeah. So I Googled how to get a food safety license. Oh I, God, like, this is so good. I studied. I got my food safety license. I like posted about like a line cook. This girl, Jessica, like followed me, DM'd me immediately. So she was on board. And <laughs> so good. I Googled kitchen spaces and there was like a commercial kitchen in East Williams, like really far in Brooklyn. It's kind of like a WeWork, but for kitchens kind of. Signed up for that and – All on Google. I mean, like, yeah. Like I just like tried to figure it out. Like I just like so literally funny. didn't know a thing and dove in. I was still actively breastfeeding. CC was four months when we opened. And so I would I be remember. like – I was cooking in Brooklyn until like 11.45 at night and I would be pumping in the car on the way back over the bridge to like – and I remember I would just be like so exhausted, just like crying. <laughs> just be like pumping and people were like looking at me in traffic and I'm like, just don't look at me. <laughs> And then we'd wow. have salads and Nick would pick them up, put them in – I don't know if this – I should be saying this <laughs> a while ago uh, – putting it in his trunk and like dropping them off at the store. And yeah, it was insanity the first like six months. Like I didn't know who I was. Like I remember I started to get this like twitch in my eye, <laughs> like an Stress. uncontrollable twitch. It was just like I – there was just so much. Like my body right. was literally like exploding with like information and like – responsibility but we got through it you know and so it's not glamorous guys oh no 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 my die hard love for this product is so real you guys have heard me rave about array bloat supplement for a really long time and nothing has changed because i'm just so obsessed with this product and the reason is because it works. It is so clean. The ingredients are minimal. It literally consists of bromelain, ginger root, lemon balm, dandelion root, peppermint, slippery elm. And I will tell you that this little concoction is the formula to get things moving, if you know what I mean. The Array Bloat Supplement helps to optimize digestion, ease that uncomfortable, bloated feeling, and it really just speeds up the breakdown of all the things that we're consuming. And I just have to say, it is also, it's vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free, filler-free, nut-free, everything-free, you guys, and it works, like really, really works. I take anywhere from two to three whenever I'm feeling uncomfortable in the evening after a meal. I have it with a little bit of tea before bed and it works. 
like magic. You wake up in the morning and you feel like a different person. The code for a discount is move with heart. That's no spaces. And this can be used on array.com. That's A-R-R-A-E.com at the checkout for 15% off or for 25% off the first month of subscription. I can't say it enough. I know I've said it a lot, but I'm absolutely in love with this product. And the truth is it's because it's effective and it works wonders. Don't trust me. Definitely try it on for yourself and experience some real movement. If you know what I'm saying. I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, like you told a story on like what you were going through and it lasted for many years into your early twenties. And then you quit the job and you took the time, right, to like really connect. And that was a, like, a, I, I will always say that that was a privilege and luxury that I was able to do take the time. Right. I like want to like acknowledge that there's like people who can't take the right. time and just like press full, keep working. press full stop on their life. Like I was still working as like a freelancer, but I was able to like really just like go in. And so for those who can't, it's all about just like finding those little pockets of time. And now I understand that more than ever being like a mom who works and everything like it's Little is better than nothing. Micro you know? moments, you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And those add up more than – and then just like going deep dive. 100%. Like, like going to like a retreat or something does not interest me at no, all. No, implementing things into your everyday life. That's right. So that's what I want to know. Okay. And I know that's what every single person okay. is going to yeah. want to know from yeah. you because it's like – so incredible what you've built. But I think for me, it's who you are and yeah. like how you've built yourself and created your yeah. – you've literally created this beautiful life and this future for yourself. What were the steps? Because I know you said you got help, but because to me, you're like one of those super regimented people who commits to your practices. You have all these daily habits. Like if you can walk everyone through those steps, yeah. because it's like, how the hell did you get from there yeah. to there? I think actually like I was super regimented and that was definitely a growth process for me with that motherhood and being- Do you think too much? In the past, yes. Okay. And I can see that, again, that's a learning curve. It's like I started off as someone who needed compulsion and extremes and order to make sense of like the disorder that I grew up with. You know what oh I mean? And God, so gets me. I know. And so those were the tools that I knew at that moment, right? And I remember when I was pregnant with Jude, I started to get really sick, like morning sickness. And I was like, craving things I never craved before. And I that's when I thought I had like my wellness thing down pat. I was like food combining. I was juicing. Yeah. I was doing that, all that. And I was like, I got pregnant. I'm like, this is going to be the garden of eating pregnancy. My son's <laughs> going to be like this vegan, like, this is so like little child. Like, yes, I live in New York, but we're basically in Australia in a <laughs> banana forest, like all of those things. Like, And then I got pregnant. I got really sick. When you asked me if it was over-regimented, now I can say yes. Before I was like very proud of that. Right. You know what I mean? Which is really important also because that's around when I was writing my book too. And that person could not release a book like that because the message would be different. The message would be like, this is what you have to do. Juice all the time. And by the way, all of these tools are still important, but the book that I was published and that was released is more about 
how are we going to interpret all of this within a lens of like healing and intuitive eating? This book is not a cleanse book. It's about tapping into your intuition and feeling good in your body and then using the tools to make yourself feel vibrant and alive physically. I think that's the thing that is missing that I needed this book is that I read like 5,000 books about like intuitive eating, emotional healing, all of that spiritual healing, and then cleanse books. Right. Right. But they're counter intuitive. You I'm know sure what I we mean? read all the same books. Yeah. And so this book hopefully mixes it together because as women, we're emotional beings. We're led by emotion and indulgence and like loving and living. And, and so now I'm in a place where I can live that way, but also then integrate practices that make me feel the best physically. And I think that in this moment in time, we're only a, allowed to choose one or the other. Mm. There's like reveling in your indulgence, you know, right. like uh, anti-diet culture, all of that. Don't even say green juice, like green juice is like, well, blah, 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 whatever, all that. And then there's like, be alkaline, do this, food combining, like don't mix this with that, you know what I mean? And so you're left like vacillating back and forth. And like, that's why I wanted to write this book is that there's a way to thrive emotionally and spiritually and physically right. at the same time. They're not counterintuitive actually at all. It takes a little longer to explain that because like our society wants like diet Instant gratification. Not, this or that. But to your question about like being regimented, yes. And so then when I became a mom and being pregnant with Jude, I got really sick and I was eating like all these things and I felt out of control. And I immediately Googled, does pregnancy activate eating disorders? And there was nothing online about this. And I didn't understand. I was like, this has to be something because it was bringing up wounds that I thought I healed. And I got really scared because I hadn't felt this in years, like that feeling of, oh my God, like I'm going to binge or whatever, this loss of control. And at that point, I really had to dive deep into my tools, breathing, being comfortable in the discomfort, massively helpful. And pregnancy was really a big tool for that. And Latham, one of my friends who's an amazing doula, said to me, this is the first sign that you're not in control. And I was like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, okay. And that's so true. Like motherhood is what shaped me into being able to speak on this because I have more compassion. I have more empathy. If you saw like the stuff that I was like sharing, I guess like eight years ago, yes, it's the same salads and stuff like that, but it's the message is different. The delivery. The, way the delivery is different. And I think that that's also really a learning curve for me is that like, I've softened my message because I'm now more aware of like people are coming from so many different places. They're healing from different things. They're battling different things. And that is also a more recent like thing that I've learned, you know, Same. like I think that the more of a bigger audience you have, the more important it is to like realize that we're not I totally respect there's some people in our space that are like super radical and they stick to their guns and they say like, you know, what they say. Right. And I respect that. I do. But for me, I feel more comfortable giving an option and being like, take what you will, leave what you will. A million you know? percent. I still have my routine, which I'll share, but it shifts and it flows and it's way more easy and it's way more forgiving. And, and just the whole thing is just some days Fluid. I'm like, yeah, exactly. And 
that's a still an assignment for me. You know what I mean? There's some days where I can't do the things that I, you know, my things and I feel off, you know, and I have to, again, sit in the discomfort. And move through your day feeling that way. That right. That's right. right? Yeah, like exactly. Like the things don't hold off yeah, for you to that's right. feel good. Yeah. So on a good day, <laughs> yeah, let's go through. Um, I wake up. First thing I do is I do, again, on a good day. Right. Like there are many days where this does not happen. But on a good day, I open my eyes in bed and I do this feeling meditation. And again, that's going back to that moment when I was sitting with Gabby in her living room. And what I realized is I was just was not feeling the trauma, the anxiety. And for many, many years, I would wake up with just a, a heavy weight on my chest, anxiousness, anxiety about the day, what was ahead of me if I was on a deadline, like the work that I had to do. And so I would just breathe through it. And I still do that. The anxiety that I wake up with now has lessened, but it's still like a little pit in my chest. So I I sit there and I just breathe through it and I like release. And I do that for about five minutes. There's no like active. Are you sitting up? No. I'm like literally like just open my eyes and oh, do wow. it. Yeah. Just like, like don't even move. Like okay. open my eyes and do it. Then I wake up and I brush my teeth and whatever. And like on days that I don't do it, usually it's like the kid's like, mom. Of course. Like, yeah, like whatever. So, but I always think that on the days that I do do it, I feel like I step on the right so foot. Different. I do like to look at an affirmation right after I do that breath. I love Gabby's like affirmations or like A Course in Miracles or Louise Hay, like anything. But usually whatever affirmation shows up, whether it's an app or that I pick, it's like the right thing. What you need for that day. Isn't Correct. that amazing? It is. Yeah. It really is amazing. So that will happen. And then I drop my kids off to school. And after I drop my kids off to school, I go to the store and I get a coffee. Okay. I love coffee. Wait, so you do the morning without coffee with the kids? It's literally like 15 minutes. Okay. I was like, respect. <laughs> like, no, how do you do not, it? Like, it's like they're out the door. It's so fast. We're like a late family. I know. I'm so like, jealous. You know, they wake like, up so late. Like, like well, we go to bed late. We wake up late. What We're time do they always go to bed? rushing. I love to know the nitty gritty. They go to bed late. No, right? you know like what? I, nine. I've made a thing where I don't talk about like when they go to sleep or That's when they good. wake up because I'm. I'm like, tell me. That day, literally, <laughs> there's this evil eye like karma thing. The second I say one thing, and I've learned like that's the it only changes. thing that I'm screwed. Right. I'm no, screwed. no, I'm but they go to bed late. They wake up, whatever. When they wake up, <laughs> <laughs> her kids are good sleepers. So. Uh, um, no, no, they're they've become not. They've become better sleepers. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to a sleep trainer. Yeah, um, yeah. That could be a whole episode. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Then I get my coffee, and what's in your coffee? We have the best organic espresso at Bonberry. We really do. No, it's, it's like, so good. It's like I know. It's insane. Like, I really like spoiled myself because I can't get coffee anywhere else. It's just, it sucks. So I get that when we make our own house nut milk. It's always iced. Which is also amazing. You do iced. I do iced okay. always. Do you sweeten? I do a stevia, which I think, I feel like people are torn about it, but I like stevia. I like stevia too. So. Okay. There you have it. Yep. Good. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. And then I go to work out. And then I shower and I come home and I'll make a juice. And so that's taken a while for me to shift. So like I do follow food combining yeah. and that is a framework that I introduced in my book that for me actually really opened up intuitive eating for me. It seems like it's more regimented, but actually it provides a framework where I could really listen into my body and see how I'm feeling. Oh my God, I could not. I yeah. swear by it. I think it's the most tactile 
method of nourishing yourself where it's like you eat something, you see how you're feeling and it makes all the difference. Uh-huh. Like it really does. And without being too rigid too. Exactly. Right? Like it's, exactly. No and I'm not, perfect... yeah, there's like, and there's different also Can interpretations. you break it down for people who don't know? Cause I sure. think you're literally um, the perfect person to yeah. do that. Well, well, food combining is just a way of easing digestion and supporting elimination. And this is also a really Eastern way of looking at it is that in Eastern medicine, chi or prana or anything like that is like energy, life force, all of that. And so the way that we eat, the way that we move, the way that we think and stress, you know, can either like improve our chi energy or like make it more stagnant. And so this way of eating helps eliminate and move and flow and go and all that. And so if you're leading a life with your heart and you're doing all these things, you're eating a way to support that is only going to make your vibration like even higher. And I feel that so physically. Like the thing about food combining, you try it one day and you're like, oh. Oh, <laughs> you, know you feel I mean? it immediately. You feel it immediately. And I say this in my book. I'm like, you can show me case study after case study about like, well, this doesn't really work because this da, da, da. versus someone like saying, eat this way and see how you feel. I'm going to go that way right. because I can feel it. Do you break it into kind of like three buckets, like so, fruit in the morning, empty so, stomach? Yeah. So that's the idea. Just the concept. What is food combining? It's to move digestion, boost flow, energy. That's why we do it. Right? It's not to lose weight. No, it's not to like lessens the bloat, eliminates like that. Yeah, but what is bloat? Bloat is piling up of things I cannot release. So that's what bloat is. Yeah. Inflammation is just stagnancy. It needs to release, move. move, right? So that way of looking at it, that's why we do it. And then the kind of hierarchy, I guess, then you look at food in the way of how much water they contain and how fast they eliminate. So how fast things eliminate, the fastest thing is like, well, water and then green juice or any sort of vegetable juice, liquids that are don't contain fiber. So that means it's just extracted from a juicer. People are like, oh, but you need the fiber. Yes, fiber is very important. But for juicing, why do people juice? It's actually too we are actively removing the fiber so it goes directly to those cells and can be medicinal because what happens with fiber is that your body is using energy to break, to that break it down, down. Yeah. which for certain purposes is important. But for juicing, if you want to heal something quickly and not use that energy, it's almost just like in, like an, a blood transfusion. Right. Oh, that's I love how why, you look at this. Yeah. That's why juicing is really important. Juicing is like medicinal. It speeds up elimination too, you guys. It like, does. It, well, it hydrates, right? right? And so – then next is like fruits, which contain whole fruits, contain fiber and all those amazing things. They're very water containing, so they eliminate easy. That's in the next hierarchy. Then you look at like cruciferous vegetables, all those things, raw lettuce leaves, all those things. And then you start looking at cooked foods that are not starchy. So broccoli, asparagus, cooked spinach, all of your yummy vegetables then you look at like starchier vegetables like yams, potatoes, squash, all that hearty like winter squash. And then you go to like grains, quinoa, amaranth, rice, wheat, sourdough bread, pastas, all those things. And then animal, animal protein. protein. And so also nuts and seeds, which are also very concentrated. So those are in the further down in the list. And so you look at the hierarchy. And so 
we look at the day, we start light because we want to conserve our energy. We want the energy to be, we want to be thriving during the day. And you can just see that. Like if you have a heavy breakfast, you're going to feel tired, you know? Yes. Um, or just like, you know, more. Weighed down. Weight, yeah. But that shift is really different because we're taught to have a hearty breakfast. I am not a hearty breakfast girl. Yeah. But we're like, in our culture, American. like we're meant to have like, you know, have a hearty breakfast. When I shifted that, it was like weird. You know what I mean? Your body's not used to it. So I started very slowly. I just had a green juice in the morning. That was like a big shift. That was my number one thing. First thing I ever started doing. Me too. Green juice in the morning. And I just want to shout out the who I learned food combining from is first Natalia Rose. I studied with her like one-on-one. I found her book in a Whole Foods. It just like called out to me. I emailed her. I'm very lucky because I'm like old enough that these like people who are now like really massive and like <laughs> were just like taking people in their apartments. And so I would- So amazing. And what Natalia told me was after we like had our first meeting, she looked at me, she's like, I think you're going to do this for the rest of your life. And I was like, yeah, it's not, I feel like I will. <laughs> and she was right. You wow. Know? And through so Natalia, cool. I met Gil Jacobs, Gil. who is a renowned colonic therapist. He is from the old school wave of like health gurus in New York City. And he, he's like an underground guy. That he's fully you underground. Me to. Yeah. And talk about like radical teacher, like he's the one, you know? And so he's incredible, you guys. Like yeah. I learned so much. I mean, from he, Gil. he fully changed my life entirely, you know? And, his daughter's working for us now oh, at wow. the store, which is really amazing. Oh, that's it's like so full special. circle. Yeah. So he taught me a lot. I mean, everything about food combining. And then going back to like, so we have the hierarchy, and that's why we have like a heartier dinner or heartier things like lunch later in the day. And this is where intuitive eating comes through. You eat when you're hungry. Hungry. Yeah. You don't. Someone messaged me just recently and and they're like, So are you raw till four? And I'm like, there's no hard. Well, I was like, just there's no time to like write, explain like, right, like, right. like in a DM, you know what I mean? But my answer now is there's no time. There's not a time. And so, and also people ask me, do I intermittent fast? I don't even know really what the term, what the definition is these days of <laughs> yeah. intermittent fasting. I don't, I don't know. So the answer is like, yes and no. Yes, I strive to be lighter in the day and follow like juicing and, but- there's, There's a no duration time. without like chewing food. Again, like it's not. There's no hard label around it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I've noticed that when I have abundant juicing, by the way, there's not just like one juice. I'm like juicing right. all morning. Oh my and, like, God, having I love fruit your juices. All day. Like, you know, like I'm like really abundant in that. But like, and then when I want something a little more, then I'll have it. Right. And that might be one o'clock. That might be on a day like much later. Right. I don't know. I just, I it also, it depends on the weather. It depends on my period. It depends totally. on the time of year. And that's why intuitive eating and food combining are so intertwined because you food combining is about feeling how you physically feel and, and intuitive eating. And that forces you to be- It strengthens your intuition. That's right. It right? does. It, Absolutely. It really like ignites this new yes. connection that's within right. where like, I mean, I literally pretty much follow a lot of similar things that you do. Yeah. I, I think with a few differences, yeah. but- it would well, make that, sense. We're different also, humans, exactly. you know. And we like there are certain things that are like maybe not correct in food combining, but I just like them, so same. I just do them. You know, same, what I mean? same, same. Yeah. So like avocado toast, like yeah. that technically. Yeah, I right. Mean, but there's like, like so many different interpretations. That's why it's so like relative. You know what I mean? It's like 
there are a couple hard, fast rules that I do follow. For instance. Let's hear them. I don't have like cooked food immediately when I wake up. I think I did the other day after my 40th birthday. <laughs> I had my juice first, but then I had a Sidel's bagel with like avocado and everything. Right. But usually I don't. I don't have that in the morning because it does weigh me down like energetically. And things that I don't mix are like proteins, like an animal protein and I like a grain. Yeah. Because that I do just feel like it weighs me down. And I, the more that So I, you do eat animal protein because I feel like people are going to be like, I know. Do you what know? does she eat? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say like for the most part, I'm plant-based. Right. But I'm like a recipe developer. So this is really important for me to say is that I try everything so that I am able to like reinterpret it as a plant-based meal because I do thrive better with like mostly plants. So there's truly like nothing in the world that I probably won't eat except for like the fake meat stuff. Like, okay. Like that really scares me. Like right. I actually like bought at Impossible, you know, the, the brand that <laughs> you like, say, you know, yeah. a burger. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. And I like looked at it. And I'm like, I can't do it. Well, it just, tastes like, really meaty. Well, plus you're like the ingredients. And... Just the thought of like it being made in like a lab just like kind of freaks me out. Like that's the, pretty much the only thing right. I won't eat. But um, so 98% is plant-based. But like if I'm feeling something – I love that there's like no like hard labels. That's definitely Zero. something. And that's really important for me personally because of the past that we talked about. Like yeah. I – if I put any rules on myself, like I'm just like a natural rebel. I'll want to break them. So <laughs> yeah. I don't want to have it. I feel like I could literally sit here for like another hour, Nicole, and like – break everything down, we're going to have to have you back because I feel like no, it was amazing. people are going to want didn't like the, the nitty gritty and I well, love – Do like the quick fire things yeah, we'll and then do we'll, the, we can gonna, like answer them there. We're going to close with some rapid fires. I feel like one of them you already answered, but we'll say it one more time because I think you really worded it so beautifully. But just like quick, what gets you out of bed in the morning? My kids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean really Ready they do. Not. Yeah, they have infused – such a purpose in my life and fun and joy that like I can't – I don't share them a lot as much on I, – I share them on social media, but like it's like they are just like the best <laughs> ever. <laughs> and that's my purpose. Honestly, it really does. And everything that I'm building is for them. It really is. And I feel really lucky that like, you know, I lost my dad at like 20 and I I use that as like – if I hadn't, I don't know if I would have built everything that I'm building or even have the like drive to do it because I did it out of kind of a necessity. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, and that's like a major gift that my dad left me is that like he's like, all right, you're on your own. You better make this work. You know what I mean? And so so I do it for the for my kids for sure. <laughs> your post with your dad, like I feel like every year you share something Aww. about your dad. It always grabs me. <laughs> What motivates you when you're feeling down? Oh, that's hard. Um, or what is your like go-to resource if you're just yeah, like if I'm feeling in a down, place? I kind of like just go inwards and I just kind of stop. I don't try to force myself to do really anything. There's like – there's days that I like just feel like really shitty and I like will just – well, I like to – keeping to the, my routine is really important. A lot of the times, like, I'll wake up off and I'll do the things that we talked about. And it I, shifts. And it shifts. And I'm I, – now I have the tools to shift a day, which are amazing. But there are days that 
they don't shift. Yeah, you and know? you allow yourself to feel. Yeah, totally. I think that's so important. Yeah. And important to remind everyone. Like not everyone. doing something over it, yeah. you know? I've learned a lot of like not trying to fix it, right. you know? But having like little tools for like those little momentary shifts are really, right. really Like helpful. if you have to get up and you have like a TV interview or like you have yeah. something to tend yeah. to, your I, children. I mean, breath is yeah. really important. I mean, you share this all the Brings time. Me right like, back. Like I meditated before this. Anything important. Like you have – like. We have to. Have to. Yeah. Um, it just resets, you know? And um, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I didn't no. yeah. commit to that. It taps you into like a different energy source that allows you to create everything that you create. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does, you guys. Yeah. What is your end all be all self care ritual? Just like uh, I know you have so many like me, I love it. I know, and I'll be all like, like a like a treatment or like a an like a. I think whatever practice. you like immediately or like I that one thing is like yeah. It could be a gua sha, I mean, your okay. dry brush, or like, like your honestly massage. sweating to me. Sweating. Like, sweating is number one. Okay, like, and you're I, a big infrared sauna. I love the infrared sauna. I love it. It, it's like an ancient culture, like bathhouse. Like my, I'm a half Korean and half Russian, so I mean, like bathhouse culture for both of them. Maybe that's why I just like love a good sweat. Yeah. I don't know, but I really feel like it just like releases physically and emotionally. Like I love, like sweat to me is important. I know you love a good sweat. Yeah. <laughs> and what is your cult favorite beauty product? Ooh, oh my god, that is so hard. <laughs> I know. I think that well, we're getting into the summer, but. Honey Girl face and eye cream. I feel like, Dylan, I feel like I sold that to you one day. (laughs) You can get this at the store. You can get this at the store. You can buy it. It's like the type of cream they sell at Whole Foods. It's like weird. Like I found it at Whole Foods. But it's the most – it's like it just gives you this like dewy, like hydrated look. And and it's just – it's like delicious. And it's all like pretty much edible because it's like honey. Oh, amazing. Well, I have to say, you guys, I go to – like every time I go to Bonberry, it's become my like go-to place to just – discover new brands. Like I feel like you're the best curator of all of the best brands. <laughs> oh my her Bonberry Mart's we salad try to be dressing. And we try to be like You are different. Yeah, we try to be like for the products that are like really good. They're really they either really work or they're just like really good. Cause there's a lot of stuff out there now. Oh so, I know. So it's like we try to do the best of the best. I mean, when I buy snacks from Bonberry, the kids literally call them like Bonberry chips. Oh, and I'm by like, the way, you're not the only one. Like, it's funny. Like, I, that's my favorite thing is when like little kids are like, can we go to Bonberry? No, we go like- It's my favorite. And they know like when know. we're over in the village. And lastly, you already said what this meant to you, but what does move with heart mean to you? So I immediately, just the word that popped up was vulnerability. Moving with heart means like shedding those layers and just moving through a space where you're not like closed off, you know, and just being honest. But again, like knowing the place and time to be honest, you know, if it doesn't feel safe, it doesn't feel the time is right. I that's love okay. that you shared that, that yeah. part. And I have to say you so beautifully and vulnerably like shared your story, like a part of you that I don't think a lot of people get to see. I know even for me, I've like fought back tears a few times and (laughs) I just like, I love you. I admire you. I'm so proud of you. Like just like watching you flourish and blossom and just- Likewise, you're so, I mean, you're just like a beacon of light truly. And it's so inspiring to like 
see you tap in and be authentic every day, you know? And I just like, I think that, I mean, I don't know, the world needs more of that for sure. <laughs> well, we're here to pave the way together. So thank <laughs> yes. you so much for being here, you guys. Where can everyone find you? Um, you can find Body Harmony yes. um, at bookstores, book. Amazon. I'm so excited <laughs> about your book. Yeah. And also Bonberry Mart is in New York City in two locations And now. your Instagram. Oh, Bonberry at Bonberry. Yes. And then at Bonberry Mart. Is. Yes. For the shop if you guys want to yes. come by and check us out. Yes, you guys. I highly recommend it. Nicole, thank you so thank you. much. This thank was thank like filled you. with so much goodness. So good. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. You can follow me on Instagram at Melissa Wood Health. And if you are new to me, you can sign up for the MWH seven day free trial with access to over 300 plus categorized workouts and guided meditations, all available on melissawoodhealth.com. Mm-hmm.